And if we were doing all the things that people recommended, not to say that they're not amazing, because like Paris is great and Lyon is great and Marseille is great and like all these different places are great, but that kind of defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I think I've caught both of us saying we can't do that, but I don't think we want to do that either. You're listening to Take Off to Travel, a weekly dive into the travels of your hosts, Colin and Olivia. We're going on a world trip for 13 months with just $25,000 each. Each week, you'll hear our tales, tips, and tricks as we explore the world. Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of Take Off to Travel with your host, Colin. And I'm Olivia. In the last episode, we kind of said we'd talk about it, but it turns out I wanted to make it its own short little episode, just as kind of like a reflection of what what we've done so far, specifically in a broad sense with travel. So we have some notes here that we wanted to read through. Well, not read through, but talk through. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, we've now been traveling full-time for six months, which is a little bit wild to think about because somehow in my head it still feels we're on maybe like month two, maybe three. I'm not sure which months I'm (laughs) neglecting here, but that's just how it feels. So... I don't know. I just kind of wanted to take some time and talk through what we've learned. Some of these are silly. Some of these are a little bit more serious. But do you want to go ahead and kick us off? Yeah, we feel pretty lucky that English is our first language. It seems, at least the the countries that we've gone to so far, there's always going to be someone who speaks English. Obviously not their first language, or most of the time not their first language. But there is always someone who speaks English, it always just seems to be kind of the default that other languages go to when if you go to Spain and you only speak French, you're going to try to talk to them in English because you can't speak Spanish. So with it being the default, we've kind of been able to scoop by a little bit more than I expected in some of the countries. So feeling we feel very lucky that English is our first language because if it wasn't, we'd be in a lot more trouble. Yeah, I vividly remember when we were in Thailand being at one of the night markets and the vendor selling the food only spoke Thai and English and the customer who was trying to buy the food only spoke English and I don't know, maybe German or something, I'm I'm not sure. And so I was just watching this interaction and I could see the, the Thai people talking to each other in Thai and then I could see the conversation change to English for the ordering and then both groups went back to their native language and English was just sort of like the the middle ground which was really weird and kind of cool to see. The next one is that we do a lot of laundry. Living out of a suitcase for a year we knew we would have to do laundry but coming from America where dryers are a thing I don't think we really considered how often we would have to do laundry because while half of our clothes are washed and drying, we only have access to two or three or four days of clothes. And so it's just a a very quick turnaround of, of when we have to do laundry. Olivia, and me to an extent, but Olivia is usually the one that figures out the washing machine. It's my specialty now. I've gotten to the point where usually I can look at the cycles on the washing machine and without having to translate it based only on the icons, I can usually figure out which one we need to use, which I'm very proud of. So kind of a, a thought experiment for you here, like what you wish you had brought and what maybe you could live without. 
So in general, I feel like we both did really well with what we brought. Like we've got the clothes for the slightly cooler days. We've got the clothes for the warmer days. We can be a little bit dressy when we need to be, but most of the time we're pretty casual. I wish I had brought one pair of leggings and two pairs of jeans rather than two pairs of leggings and one pair of jeans. And my initial thinking for why I did that was that jeans are just bigger and bulkier, but I didn't think about the fact that in most of the world, leggings are considered pretty much only like an athleisure outfit. Like you don't really wear that out in public. And so even though they're smaller and more comfortable, I just feel like that one really makes me stick out even more as a tourist, whereas jeans just give you a little bit more flexibility in outfits. So while we were in Spain, I did actually buy another pair of jeans. And if the time comes where I literally run out of room in my suitcase, the leggings will be the first thing to go. What about you? Do you wish that you had brought anything and or not brought anything? I think mine's a little bit more different. I'm very satisfied with the clothes that I've brought. And I I think a lot of that is due to us planning pretty well so far through this trip of climates. I think so far we have hit every stretch of good weather we could. And a lot of that has to do with planning, but a lot of that is luck as well. Like, it was supposed to rain a lot more than it did in France while we've been here. But for me, I wish we would have brought that original computer, my laptop, because the first month we were here, we realized that one laptop wasn't enough. And so we ended up buying another laptop. And so I wish I would have brought, just brought that first laptop. Well, my laptop. I also wish, and this is just a a pipe dream because there was no way this was going to actually work, but I wish we could have brought the Switch because I think that would have been really fun to be able to like pull that out and play it every so often because as we've mentioned, we do have more downtime than I think a lot of people assume that we do and the Switch would have been really nice for like a rainy day like today where it's thunderstorming outside and it just would have given us something to do. You know what game is on the Switch? What? Stardew. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, we have played a lot of Stardew. That was something I was not expecting out of this, but... For the grown-ups in the... uh, (laughs) Our grown-up listeners, what is Stardew? Stardew Valley to you? It's a computer game where you can work collaboratively with other people to basically take care of a farm in a village. It's very slow-paced and, like, very easy, but it's fun. So one thing I wrote down is that you can live with anything for a while. And what I mean by that is that every single place that we have lived on this trip has had some quirk that we were not obsessed with. I I don't know that I need to name all of them. I feel like our reviews of the apartments is probably No, let's go through them. Why not? Okay. What was the quirk in Thailand? Because I can't think of one. The weird, the the window door into the shower. Yeah. That, like you had no privacy on the toilet at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Vietnam, it was the outdoor kitchen. And then when we moved, it was the fact that we had to go up like six flights of stairs and the bad bed. In Italy, the toilet that ran for like 25 minutes. Yeah. In Madrid, I would say the door was kind of funky. It was hard to get in that door. Yeah. You know what? The quirk was the door. Both doors. The front door and the door to the bedroom the the quirk for australia was that the toilet was in a different room across the hall from where the shower was yeah that was interesting that was the quirk then here in france it's that there's no circulation and we can't really open a window and all that to say like the places that we live were fine like there has not been a place that we've been that the quirk 
outweighed being in the place and you just kind of forget about it yeah at some point so it's really not that bad yeah so all, all of that really to say is we have learned through ourselves and really I've noticed with other people too is that you can kind of live with not exactly what you want for a little bit but if we were to live in any of those places for longer I would want to change some things you know yeah I it's not a long-term solution no. but you can live with anything for a month cooking requires creativity do you want to touch on that sure so another part of traveling that I had not really thought about extensively before we left is that obviously every kitchen's gonna have different equipment and so what one place has the next may not so for example, in Chiang Mai, we had a rice cooker, so we did a lot of rice stuff. Same thing with Vietnam, they both had rice cookers. But then when we got to Italy, Australia, and beyond, really, nowhere has had a rice cooker. And I had never even made rice, really, without one. And so we had to kind of figure out, one place didn't even have a lid, so we couldn't even make rice on the stove, and somewhere didn't have a lid for the pot. And we had to make the rice in the microwave. And so just, you kind of have to work with what you're given because we don't want to buy appliances for the places that we're going. And so, for example, in France, when we got here, there was not even a knife to chop anything. And normally we wouldn't even want to buy something for a place that we're only in for a month. But here, because we knew we'd be cooking, we did decide to do that. But you just kind of have to be a little creative sometimes with not just the food itself that you buy, but also the way that you cook it. I mean, also, just the size of the kitchens have varied so much. Like, here in France, there's not room for both of us to stand at the counter. So we have kind of had to start our own system, like a new system of one person cooks, the other person cleans, which is a very normal system in a lot of homes. But usually we cook together, and so we've we've kind of had to change our system here. So it's just kind of, like like we said, it varies with every single place we've been to. Yeah, and kind of in that same note, what you can buy in each country's grocery store varies quite a lot. Or it can be the same, except the prices vary. Yeah. For example, when we were in Asia... We one of our like staple meals that we make when we're having like a lazy night is spaghetti, which and so we just get some pasta, some pasta sauce, and some cheese. But in Asia, noodles are just not part of the cuisine. Noodles are a part okay, of the yes, cuisine, but like egg noodles, but not like a like a noodle that like is a spaghetti noodle or a mac and cheese noodle or yeah. that kind of deal. They just like didn't sell them. Same thing with bread. And then when we went to Italy. There was so many different types of pasta. But for really cheap. For really cheap, but there was almost no rice. And so every place has just a little bit different flavor. Um, I haven't found a coffee creamer that's anything close to an American coffee creamer since we've left at all. Like, I can do milk and sugar, but not like a vanilla creamer. Doesn't exist. What was the thing in Australia that the guy said to you? That they keep their coffee pure. Or they don't ruin their coffee or yeah. something like that, yeah. But yeah, so things, certain products vary, but also prices vary so much on certain things. Like in Italy, pasta was 60 cents for a box, while in France, it's like two or three euros for a box. Similarly, a lot of the meats in France are very expensive because I think they, the only kind of meat in their economy are like ethically 
raised and and local meat which costs more but the produce here is so much cheaper than it's been anywhere else so like like we said it varies so much yeah so basically when we get to a country for our very first grocery trip it's always the most expensive one because we have to get whatever the place doesn't have that we know we're gonna need like oil salt pepper butter whatever and we can't always go in with like a true grocery list for that very first one because we just don't know what's gonna be there and what is going to be in the budget because we don't want to buy something that's like outrageously priced we like just, cereal for eight euros yeah i can't believe we bought that here yeah that's not normal usually we're we kind of try to buy what makes sense with where we are but that first grocery trip is always a little bit of a mystery because you don't know what's going to be in the store so people that we've met while we've been traveling don't really seem to understand what we're doing or like the idea of slow travel it's very foreign to people and maybe to some of our listeners, that, you know, when we go somewhere, we're there for the month. Like, yes, we went to Geneva and Ansi this month for a couple days, but that was the first time we've left for multiple days in a row from our place. We've gone for day trips, but not... We went to Hoi An for a couple days, but that was early on and in a very cheap place. Yes. We are not traveling all over the country. When we say we're, we're in France... We're in France, but we're really in Aix-en-Provence for the month. And so we'll get recommended places to go. We'll get recommended things to do that just aren't in the city. And while we don't we don't have a car, we can rent a car for the day, but that is our daily budget right there. Like, we can't, we can't get food after, the, or we can't eat out. We can't get little treats, like, stuff like that. Like, that is our daily budget. So... It's not feasible to get a car sometimes. We we tried we've tried some apps where, with rideshare, especially here in France, but it just sketched us out a little bit and the people didn't want to drop us off where we wanted to be dropped off and I also feel like it kind of is a different style of travel because yeah, what 100%. we're trying to do is is live like locals and absorb the local culture and I really feel like we're leaving Aix-en-Provence having known what it's like to live here. Yeah. And if we were doing all the things that people recommended, not to say that they're not amazing, because, like, Paris is great, and Lyon is great, and, like, Marseille is great, and, like, all these different places are great, but that kind of defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do, and we get that people don't usually travel the way that we are, but it's just really become apparent to me every time we talk to someone, like, oh, you should go here, and oh, you should go here, and oh, you should go here. Yeah, like, we, we've been asking for recommendations for Germany, because we still don't know where we want to go in Germany, and... I think we just we just dealt with Croatia. So next month when we're in Albania, we're booking Germany. We still don't know where we want to go in Germany. And every every time we've asked people are like, "Well, you should go one week here and one week there and one week here and we wouldn't it, be able to do this trip yeah, if we did that." It's just not feasible for us. Yeah, because a, a large part of what's making this possible is that discount from Airbnb for the month. And it's amazing because for a while, when we were trying to figure out what to do with Montenegro, I was looking at like, oh, well, maybe we could do two weeks here and then two weeks here in Montenegro. But the price for doing that is like so much more than a month in one place, like double or triple at least. Yeah. And I think I've caught both of us saying like we can't do that, but I don't think we want to do that either. Like I, I, I'm very happy with how we're traveling. Yeah, I think if we were 
doing what people have been recommending and seeing all those places, we'd be exhausted. We'd be burned out. We'd be so tired. That kind of goes into the next point of, you know, we we miss stuff from home. We get homesick sometimes, but it, it definitely passes. Like, we, I don't, I don't feel burnt out. No, at least yet either. we're six months in i think if i f- would if i was gonna feel burnt out it might start hitting i don't i don't feel burnt out i don't either i feel excited to keep going yeah i will say the hardest time period in terms of homesickness at least for me was around holidays so i'm anticipating like the fourth of july is a big holiday for my family because we always have a big party every year like that's something i grew up doing every year and the very first time I missed a 4th of July celebration at home, I was a little bit sad. And especially being, um, you know, somewhere that's not going to celebrate the 4th of July at all might hit a little bit hard because I won't be seeing my family. And Christmas was a little difficult. So I also imagine Thanksgiving. So like the big holidays really drum up the homesickness. But like at the end of the day, what we're doing outweighs the comforts of being at home. Definitely. And I think the last thing that we haven't touched on, and it kind of goes back into really like when we were talking about the kitchens being different sizes and all that, like especially this kitchen being small, American houses and 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 apartments have a lot of comforts that we take for granted, like dryers, like dishwashers, like garbage disposable, garbage disposals, and really just space in general. Europeans live in tiny places. Yeah. I mean, people in Ho Chi Minh did too, and our place in Chiang Mai was also small, but I I don't know about Asia so much, but I know Europe is tiny. I think we had a big apartment in Chiang Mai too. We probably did. I mean, when we were in Ansi with your dad, the apartment was small enough that he hit his head on the ceiling. Yeah, multiple times. (laughs) My dad's very tall. I think he's 6'4", but the shower, I'm 5'9", 5'10". I think I'm 5'9". I couldn't stand up straight in this shower. And I don't know how my dad showered in that shower with him being 6'4". Yeah, it's it's small spaces. Yeah. And it's just the, the contrast between if you think about even our two-bedroom apartment and that two-bedroom apartment in Ansi, they're dramatically different sizes. And I think Americans... I mean... You hear about like how Americans like their space, but I don't know that I'd ever really grasped to the extent that the difference is. Yeah. I also want to throw out there something that I've just been more conscious of. Like on average, we walk about five miles a day. Wouldn't you say? And I wouldn't say, apart from the day that we did like a big hike, in general, we don't set out to walk five miles a day. It just kind of happens naturally when we walk to lunch and we walk to the grocery store and we walk and we just kind of are living our day-to-day life. We just somehow manage to hit these kind of large distances. And I've realized that that is a huge difference between American culture and a lot of the rest of the world is that Americans are so car reliant that almost everything you do requires a car to get to. Like, when I would go to work, I had to drive. When we would go to the grocery store, we drove. When we wanted to meet up with friends, we would drive. And just the ability to walk down the stairs in five minutes to the grocery store or walk down the stairs in ten minutes to the center of town is just a totally different lifestyle. And it's helped us be more active without even really trying. Mm-hmm. 
So we hope that you enjoyed our, our random collection of lessons that we've learned over the last six months. I literally cannot believe that it's been this much time we left. It feels like a year ago that we left, but it also feels like it's only been two months. I don't know how to describe it, but I, I hope that this was interesting hearing us just kind of ramble on. But our next episode will be about us talking about our first impressions in London. So thanks so much for listening.